I want you to think back to a situation where you've worked hard on a deal and then you get the dreaded thanks but no thanks and you lose that deal you lose that opportunity then i want you to tune into this week's episode of the sales playbook podcast because we're going to talk about a real simple tactic that can actually help you win back those opportunities my name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our upcoming webinar on September 15th, and it's a little something something I like to call How to Win Back Lost Opportunities. I'm going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about it, please visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash winback. So let's get right down to business. You guys know how I like to roll. Let's, uh, let's talk about that unpleasant scenario where you've lost an opportunity, right? You've lost the deal. You got the old thanks, but no thanks. Hey, you know what? You know, as long as we're talking about shitty things, maybe, God forbid, you've even been ghosted. Don't you hate that shit? I hate that. But there you are. You lost the deal. There is a really simple tactic that I want to share with you that can help, but I, I want to offer a disclaimer. This tactic, uh, I promise you, it won't be the first time you've heard of it, but there is a way to deploy the tactic that I guarantee you probably haven't heard of and you might not be utilizing, all right? So we've all heard the expression that things change, right? We've all heard that. And <laughs> it's wouldn't it be great if um you know we could always be in touch with the people who told us no and we can find out when things have in fact changed. But you know, I guess the big million dollar question here is how do you know when things have changed? How do you know when to pounce, so to speak, right? I mean, you got a lot of things going on. And, and if you're doing your job properly, you're not spending an inordinate amount of time with people who have told you no, right? You really shouldn't. But I, I just want to make sure that you understand something. You know, please don't ever take no as a door slam shut for all eternity. It simply means not now. So today we're going to talk about how to know when, well, it is now instead of not now, right? So here comes the part where you're going to want to say, been there, done that. Gonna, yeah, sorry, Castain, I'm out of here because I've heard this before. But don't forget, we're going to do like a pinky promise right now. You and I, you got to stay with me because remember what I said, you've heard of part of this a million times, but this part of it, I really believe that's going to make your day. I actually believe there's two parts of this tactic that you might not be doing. All right. So the very first thing that you want to do 
is you want to set things up almost as a listening station. And what I mean by that is you really want to set up something where information is coming to you instead of you always having to go to it. So, of course, I'm talking about Google Alerts, but there is a problem with Google Alerts. And you know what it is? They blast the shit out of your inbox. I mean, literally, it can carpet bomb them, even with just one search. So I have a cool thing that you can do that'll help you with that. Seriously, I mean, it's, it's a really good tip that I'm going to share with you. But first, I want to talk about something with the Google Alert that you might not be doing. So let's just get into this for a minute. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of how to set a Google Alert. I mean, I might as well, you know, next week say, all right, next week I'm going to teach you how to (laughs) tie your shoes or some shit like that. We're not doing that. But with the Google Alert, there's a few things that I do, and it's a few different searches that I have to set up. Number one, I'm going to Google the company where that prospect is. So if it's the ABC company, I'm going to Google that company and set up an alert for the ABC company, whatever the name of the company is. Next, hopefully you have multiple contacts in that company, not just one decision maker. In fact, one of the things we've seen, I mean, I've seen it really come to light over the last decade, maybe even 12, 13 years now, more and more decisions are being made by committee. So certainly everyone who was on that decision-making committee, any contacts that you have, set up Google alerts for them too. But let's go a step further. We might be getting now into territory that you haven't explored yet with Google Alerts. Next, you should Google key players within the company. These are people that perhaps you didn't even deal with, but maybe they're on the executive committee and you know you didn't meet with them. You didn't talk about uh, the deal at the time when it was live with them. But key players, it could, again, people on the executive committee, uh, C-level people that maybe you didn't have access to, or whatever, other departments, but they're key players. I just want to stop and pause on that one. Like, why the heck is Paul saying to do that? Because a lot of the time, those are the people, the key players, who are showing up in the news. And when they're showing up in the news, they're the ones that might be talking about things. And there might be little clues in there that they give away that make you say, oh my gosh, now is the time to go back and, you know, open that line of communication again. Or certainly use it as a trigger event to get in there and start the process again. So, so far we have the company, the contacts that you have within the company. The next one is key players. These, again, are people that are you know the ones that might be in the news and and being interviewed and and things like that the key players c level um executive committee the next one you ready for this one their competitors because you know here's something interesting especially if you deal with the c lever c lever the c lever the c level I want you to understand that most C-level people are wired to be competitive. So if you have competitive intel, that could be an incredible trigger event for you to go back in. But also, too, it's not just 
competitive intel. It could be, you know, just uh, and just to kind of dig down a little bit into this. There is a sense when you think about how they're wired and how competitive they are of not only keeping up with the proverbial Joneses, but staying ahead of the proverbial Joneses. So keep that in mind, too. Also, you want to Google their industry. For example, I serve several industries. One of the industries that I serve would be printing. So if you were trying to, um, you know, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Not just industries that I serve. I'm sorry. Industry that they come from. I'm sorry. I kind of, I, I did a little spoiler there, right? I did. I honest to God, I did. I feel, I feel like a dick. Uh, not really. I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit. But um, the industry that they come so f- come from. So for example, I'm in training, right? I'm in sales training. So that would be one of the things that you would do. Again, information, keeping up with the Joneses, that's all good, but it's important because there might be something going on within their industry that you could leverage as a trigger event. Don't forget, just by definition, a trigger event is something that's going on in your uh, former prospects world, in this case, right? Because we're talking about lost deals something going on in their world that could you know increase the likelihood of them needing you so keep that in mind now being that i did a little spoiler before also the industries that they serve so again in my case if you were targeting me there's a lot of industries that i serve one of them happens to be the printing industry i've done things in software i've done things in the music and entertainment industry right so again if you get to know something and one of the easiest ways to see that you know hopefully this was revealed in the needs analysis that you did but many times if you go on their website you'll see client rosters and 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 you know some some uh, case studies and success stories and things like that okay so that's one of the things that i want you to do so you're googling the company the contacts that you had within the company, key players within the company, competitors. You're going to Google the the industry that your contacts come from, and then also the industries that they serve. Okay, so that's the first tip. The next part is where we really have to be careful because, like I said, just one Google alert. And if you times it, you know, times all the companies that you're targeting to begin with, you haven't even gotten in front of, and then you start adding all the the active opportunities that you have, and then you add in all the lost opportunities, and then you multiply it by what, five different categories of searches. Oh my God, you're going to hate me. It's going to blast the hell out of your inbox. This is where the neat little... Uh, trick comes in do you know that if you go to whatever email program that you're using some of you guys you use outlook um for my business i actually use uh the gmail you know gmail business suite or whatever the hell it is um within that there are filters that you could set up so anything coming in from you know a particular place bypasses the inbox and goes directly into that folder 
How cool is that? So we get all the benefits of having this listening station and all those kind of categories that I gave you. Hopefully, there was some ones you hadn't thought of, and it just gives you more. It's almost like taking more lottery tickets, right? More, more raffle tickets to kind of win the deal. Well, now you get all that, and you get to bypass the inbox. How cool is that? So once you set up those Google Alerts, what you're going to do is you could set up anything that comes in, you know, from those particular alerts to go to certain files. So you could just have a file that says Google Alerts. You could have a file that says Acme Industries, ABC Industries, XYZ Industry, you know, uh, company, whatever the heck it is. So you can have that. I mean, I think you could, not I think, I know you can. I teach it in all the prospecting classes I host. But you could also do this on the front end. I mean, do it before you've even lost your deals. I would just get in the habit of setting up these alerts right from the get-go. Now, you don't have to do this with every everybody that you're hunting. You could, right? But once they, you know, they're talking to you and... There's a serious deal that could that could go down. There's a deal on the table. They're considering you. You're considering them. You know, you're in that courtship. You could set up those alerts then. But it's just such a nice, easy, and uh, clean thing that you can do. So again, step number one, you're going to Google the following. The company, your contacts within the company, key players within the company, their competitors, their industry, and the industries they serve. Step number two, you're going to set up a Google alert for each one of those little categories that I just gave you. Then you're going to go into whatever email program you're using, Outlook, Gmail, whatever the heck it is that you're using, and you're going to set up filters so that it bypasses the inbox, goes into that filter. And then what I would recommend that you do every day when, uh, you know, you're wiping the sleep out of your eyes, you're having that cup of morning, Joe. Maybe you do it like I do and you have like an IV going through your mainline in that shit. Uh, then what you do is maybe just go have a little look-see at that file folder and see if anything has happened. Now, there are things that you should be watching for. And if you'd like to know what they are, and you'd like a complete list of what these things are, as well as what to say and what to do when you discover them in order to get back into a situation where you might get that deal, then I want you to come and join us for the webinar this week, September 15th, How to Win Back Lost Opportunities. Again, it's going to be this Thursday, September 15th from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. EST. Now, right now, you might be saying, Paul, I can't. That's the day that I get my back waxed, man. I can't do it. It's the day I watch grass grow. Whatever your excuse is. I'm going to encourage you to sign up anyway. First of all, and on a serious note, because we really do tend to make a lot of excuses. It's like, 
you know what, we're going to listen to the free shit, but God forbid we have to invest in ourselves. I'm going to encourage you to sign up anyway and invest in yourself because here's the deal. I record every one of these trainings that I do. For that one moment when we have that, I can't make it that day. Yes, sign up anyway. I got your number. It's an excuse because when I record it, then what you can do is then you could do it at your leisure. You have to slow down and make time to get smarter at your craft. And here's what you're about to miss if you don't sign up for this. There are lots of things I'm going to be sharing in here. There's lots of templates and scripts that I'm going to be supplying for you. But we're going to be talking about two questions that you must immediately ask when you lose a deal. We're going to talk about how to create a sense of doubt without bad-mouthing your competitor. And I might add, not sounding like a little bitch about it. Seriously. Also, we're going to talk about two emails that need to be sent immediately, immediately, right, upon losing a deal. We're going to talk about how to create, well, I just said that. I was going to say, how to create a sense of doubt. Here I am. This is what happens when your Uncle Paul here uh, doesn't have his bourbon. Seriously, this is me without bourbon. We're going to talk about the one document that I send that actually has resulted in prospects reversing their decision to go with my competitors. How cool is that? I'm dead serious. That's a pretty cool document, if I do say so myself. We're going to talk about how to keep in touch without things getting weird. Things get weird after people tell you no. It can get weird, right? I'm going to show you how not to let it get weird and uh, have a nice communication plan and that's really the next thing i'm going to be talking about is um during the webinar i'm going to lay out a multi-touch communication plan and whenever i talk about a multi-touch communication plan you get my guarantee of one thing seriously we're not going to be talking about any of that calling to check in nonsense or that cute shit where you take the last email you sent and you send what's known as a bump email where you kind of forward it from the sent file and it's kind of like, you know, any thoughts? You know, on, on the email they didn't respond to any thoughts. Just wanted to bump this up to the top of your inbox and have you ignore me again. But not only are we going to be going over a multi-touch communication plan, can be giving you all the templates and suggested scripts if you'd like to learn more and i hope you do i want you to visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash win back yoursalesplaybook.com slash win back with that i'm paul castain from yoursalesplaybook.com i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get them the sales playbook podcast is a castain training systems production sign up for our free sales tips by visiting yoursalesplaybook.com slash subscribe.